What's up, L.A.? This is L.A. Ray of L.A. Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And, of course, I'll be talking about the Lakers and the Clippers and any other NBA news that comes across my desk. That particular song you just heard by Queen, Another One Bites the Dust, an old school staple from back in the mid-'80s where teams adopted this song when they were on so-called winning streaks and they would play this particular song. So I thought it'd be appropriate if I started this segment off by playing this song and talking about your L.A. Lakers who have won seven straight NBA games. Another one bites the dust, baby. Seven straight NBA games they have won. However, of course, some Laker fans are still worried, kind of bent out of shape a little bit. They're talking about Anthony Davis and how he's not helping out LeBron James. You know, how the team's not playing well. How come they had to go three straight overtime games to win, starting with the game against Detroit, two games against OKC where they had to go to overtime to win. And again, as I always put on Twitter, on my Twitter posts, don't worry, L.A. Lakers fans. Don't worry about this team. This team will be fine. Again, you cannot blow all the teams out all the time. These are the defending champions, people. The L.A. Lakers. The late show. The late joint. Teams are going to be coming after them. You cannot blow teams out every single game. Let me go back to the game against uh, the Detroit Pistons. I talked about this briefly on my last episode uh, that the Detroit Pistons, who who's not a very, very good basketball team, they have a few young uh, pieces on that team. But as of right now, they're not all that good. But for some reason, this year they have given the Lakers a little trouble. Um, matter of fact, this last game against Detroit, uh, of course, went into double overtime with the Lakers prevail 135 to 129 in two overtimes. Now, that was the last game that Anthony Davis played uh, before he played his last game against Memphis. Anthony Davis was out a couple of games because of what the doctor's saying is an Achilles injury that's not very serious. And uh, then I read today that Anthony Davis says it's really not his Achilles. Doesn't sound like he necessarily knows exactly what it is, but he's saying it's not the Achilles. But from what it sounds like, uh, he'll be fine. But in that particular game against uh, Detroit, uh, Anthony Davis had 30 points, 13 out of 22 from the field, one of three from three-piece land. He played very well in that game. So I'm not sure where the vitriol is coming uh, uh, against Anthony Davis. I mean, again, some of the Twitter posts, I talk about Twitter all the time on this on this podcast, and uh, some of the stuff I can't believe what I'd be reading about uh, some of the Lakers players. But uh, lately, it's been Anthony Davis has been the target of some negative Twitter posts. But again, I say Anthony Davis would be fine. Again, in that particular game against the Pistons, 30 points. LeBron James did his thing as usual. He scored 33 points in that particular game. 
Uh, Dennis Schroeder had a good game as well, 22 points, 7 and 9 from the field. Uh, played very well. And then the bench also played well. Kuzma had 14 points in that game. Caruso had 10 points. THT, one of my favorites, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, 10 points in that particular game. So they prevailed against the Pistons. And again, for whatever reason, the Pistons have given them problems this year, but they don't have to worry about the Pistons anymore. Play them twice. Pistons are not going to make the NBA Finals, so you don't have to worry about that. Now, after that particular game is when Anthony Davis went out with the Achilles. The two games against OKC, which again went into overtime. Both games went into overtime. So that first OKC game, Marcus Morris uh, was in the starting lineup over uh, or in place of Anthony Davis. I'm not so sure uh, Marcus Morris is the one that uh, Vogel should be putting in the starting lineup. He's the coach. I'm not, but that's the decision that he made. Marcus Morris only had six points in that game in 26 minutes, only one out of four from the field. However, the Lakers prevailed 119 to 112 again in overtime, where pretty much LeBron James sort of took over the show. He ended up with 28 points of that game, 11 out of 22 from the field, only two out of 10 from three piece land. Uh, but the dude had 14 rebounds, 12 assists, triple double, plus eight in the plus minus. I mean, you know, what can you say about the guy? Dennis Schroeder, again, had a very, very good game. Looking for, again, more consistency out of him. But from game to game, man, this guy can show up and get buckets. He had 19 points. He was only six out of 16 from the field. Only one out of seven from three-piece land. So we need a little bit more consistency from Schroeder uh, from three-piece land. Uh, six out of ten free throws. He had five assists, though, seven rebounds. One thing I like about that kid, again, is he hustles. He hustles his ass off, man. And if he's not playing offense very well, he will give it to you on the defensive end. He's going to give you everything that he has. Uh, Kuzma, in that particular game, came off the bench, scored 11 points. Uh, Montrez, Trez, Montrez Harrell, very, very good game against OKC. 21 big points, 9 out of 14 from the field. Again, some of the Twitter posts, uh, some folks are not there hating on Montrez for some reason. I don't know why. Dude was sixth man of the year last year, and uh, he's having another very, very good year to me. Eight rebounds in that particular game, you know, brings all kind of toughness. Now, one surprise that I've seen, and maybe not necessarily a surprise, but maybe been a long time coming, Wes Matthews. Had a very good game in that first OKC game. 16 points, 5 out of 7 from the field. And I tell you, man, if this guy starts picking it up on the offensive end and the Lakers going to be hell to deal with uh, with him coming off the bench, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker scored 8 points in that game. So, But again, the first game against OKC went into overtime, uh, and, and that's what it took to beat them. And again, you know these, these teams, they're going to be gunning for the Lakers. The Lakers are the world champions. So when these teams come in, whether they come into L.A. or L.A. travels to their arena, they're going to give them, the Lakers, their best shot. And, and that's, that's kind of what's happening here. And that second OKC game, that also went into overtime. The Lakers prevailed 114-113. Now the difference in that game, that second game, was Kuzma started in place of A.D. instead of Marcus Morris, which I kind of like that better because Kuzma – it seems like every time this year when he steps in for AD and gets a start, he plays pretty well. 
In that second OKC game, Kuzma scored 15 points. Seven out of 14 from the field, 50%. Very good. Nine rebounds. Kuzma is a much better rebounder than I give him credit for, you know, especially when he starts. So he had nine rebounds in that game, plus eight in the plus uh, minus column. Uh, 15 points in 39 minutes. You know, you can't get too much better than that, taking over for a perennial all-star in Anthony Davis. Again, LeBron James, what can you say? The superlatives, uh, you just run out of superlatives for this guy. 25 points, 9 out of 20 from the field, 3 of 9 from three-piece land, you know, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's LeBron James. That's what he does, man. Best player on the planet. That's what he does. And the bench in that game, again, Montrez, Trez, Harold, 33 minutes, 8 out of 10 from the field, 20 big points in that game. Toughness. You know, defensive minded, you know, he's not, you know, he's not going to guard the big centers in the post. You know, he's not seven feet tall. I mean, he'll he'll try to guard whomever that he's on. But, um, you know, the guy just brings a lot of toughness, man. I I don't know why fans kind of sour on him sometime, but, you know, the guy's playing well, in my opinion. Wes Matthews, again, had a pretty good game, 10 points. So. Again, that game was without Anthony Davis, 114-113 victory over OKC. Now, in this last particular game that the Lakers played is when Anthony Davis came back against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, everyone was kind of looking forward to that game to see what, you know, John Morant, you know, going up against LeBron James and, you know, that young Memphis team uh, going up against the world champs. Uh, in that game, speaking of John Morant, played pretty well, 7 out of 18 from the field, scored 22 points. You know, not bad. But uh, they they didn't have enough to beat the Lakers. Uh, they beat Memphis 115-105. to 105. And, again, that's the game that A.D. came back. And so all of you fans who are worried about A.D., you know, LeBron James needs more help. Anthony Davis looks lazy out there. Uh, he needs to hustle more. I don't know what he's doing. He's not playing like he played last year, and maybe that's the case. But how many players would love to play at the level of Anthony Davis playing right now, even though he's not playing as well as he played last year? Now, you can say that, but it's not like a severe drop-off or anything like that. The guy hasn't fallen off a cliff. You know, he'll be fine. You know, we're only, what, maybe 30% into this season, something like that. So the game against Memphis, what does Anthony Davis do? He comes in, plays 35 minutes, 16 out of 27 from the field, 35 points, nine rebounds, nine rebounds. You know, you know, what are you going to say? You know, do come back. I think those two games, they were being precautious with the uh, Achilles or whatever type of foot injury that he has going. Rest him up a little bit. And that's that's fine. You know, there's no point in. You know, sending him out there and risking further injury to his foot. So they rested him up a couple of games. He came back and scored 35 big points. LeBron James again, best player on the planet, 28 points, 9 out of 15 from the field. So they took care of Memphis. LeBron also actually had nine rebounds and eight assists. So he was on the cusp of another triple double. And that's what the Lakers are doing, man. I don't know, you know, what the fans are looking for. They are 21 and 6. 
21 and 6. You know, if you look at the power rankings, which I don't put too much stock in, power rankings in the NBA, the ESPN power rankings or the Sports Illustrated power rankings or whatever the case may be, you know, they have they'll have the Lakers one, they'll have like Utah number 2, they'll have Philadelphia up in there. Uh, they'll have the Clippers up in there. You know, all of those teams like that. Don't pay too much attention to that. At least I don't. This is not college football. Who cares? It all matters at the end. When the playoffs start, who's going to be there? Who's going to show up for the playoffs? And I have no doubt that the L.A. Lakers, the Lake Show, the Lake Joint, they will show up and show out in the playoffs just like they did last year. I don't think this team needs any tweaking. Now, I, I have been, uh, again, reading on Twitter where a lot of fans would like to see the Lakers get another center. I don't know if they want Mark Gasol to simply be replaced. I mean, uh, there, there are fans out there who definitely don't like the way he's playing. And I must admit, he could play better. He could play better. Uh, but they really don't need him to, as far as the scoring goes, the Lakers have enough scoring. Need Mark Gasol just to to play good defense, and he's still a good defender. You know, maybe not as good as he was in the past. You know, when he was with Memphis, but he's still a good defender. You know, you can run some offense through him. He's still a good passer and a very very smart player. You know, he's not going to make a whole lot of mistakes that are going to cost you games. But you know, a lot of games where you, you see the final stat line, he may only have like six points or five points or seven points or something like that. And then the uh, Twitter sphere gets going, and they're ready to get rid of Marcus Gasol. So, you know, I don't mind another center coming in to help them out. Um, you have to be realistic, though. I hear, listen, we need to bring in uh, Andre Drummond. You know, bring him in. Okay, Andre Drummond, a 2020 guy. 20 points, 20 rebounds. How are you going to get him in? What are you going to trade to get Andre Drummond? You're going to trade your whole bench. You'll have AD, LeBron, and you have Andre Drummond. And you won't have anything else. So, you know, if, if that's going to happen, the Lakers, of course, will have to be realistic. Or the fans will have to be realistic. So it's, a, it's possible when the trade deadline rolls around that the Lakers could be out looking for another center either, either to uh, replace Gasol in the starting lineup maybe or just have another center come off the bench to provide some uh, defense, you know, a presence in the paint. Maybe some shot blocking. Mark Gasol is not a shot blocker per se. So they may be looking at something like that, and, and that's fine. But other than that, I, I don't see many tweaks to this particular lineup for the Lakers. So, Laker fans, again, this is L.A. Ray telling you, do not worry about the world champs. They will be fine. The Lakers will be fine. The Lake Show, another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone, another one bites dust. Yeah, late show, baby. Don't worry about them. In my next segment, I want to talk about the MVP candidates, the MVP candidates uh, that we have going this year. Just touch a little bit on on a few of these players and, and give you my thoughts about them. Right, sports fans. So the MVP candidates for the NBA this year, you have several players that are in the running. And I know it's kind of early in the year, but I thought this would be a nice segment uh, since we are about 30% into the season. 
there's a lot more basketball to be played, of course. But so far, uh, this is kind of what I'm looking at. Uh, a lot of the uh, Twitter sphere folks have named these players as their top MVP candidates. And these candidates, of course, are Kevin Durant of the Nets, LeBron James, the King of the Lakers, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard of the Clip Joint, Joel Embiid of Philly, Steph Curry of Golden State, and Nikolai the Joker, Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. Starting off with Kevin Durant, what can you say about this guy, man? 29 points per game, seven rebounds, five assists, shooting 52% from the field, 43% from three-piece land. What are you going to say about this guy? Um, coming off the injury that he had, uh, playing with the Nets now with the big three, where you know there's not three basketballs on that court. So for him to be averaging... 29 points a game. And a lot of that came before James Harden came to the squad. But even so, he's still putting up numbers like that, even though Harden has joined this team. So Kevin Durant looks very, very comfortable on that floor, man. I mean, can you just look at this guy, man. Seven feet tall. Might be 6'11", six, 7 seven feet, whatever he is. Shooting threes like he's a, a six-foot-five shooting guard, man. Just a sweet stroke. Nobody can block his shot. You know, he rebounds. He defends pretty well. You know, so he's in the running, of course. LBJ, you know, LeBron James, the king from the Lake Show, the Lake Joint, 25.6 points per game, almost eight rebounds, almost eight assists. You know, he's a couple of assists and rebounds away from averaging a triple-double. You know, almost 50% from the field, 39% from three-piece land. Looks like his shot from three-point range has gotten better. Um you know, he, he may be saving himself for another two or three years. Seems like he shoots a whole lot more threes than he used to as opposed to driving to the basket all the time. But, you know, LeBron is LeBron, man. He's been his lead for, I don't know, what is it, 17, 18 years or whatever it is. Still plays like a spring chicken on most nights. You know, running circles around guys, you know, 10, 12 years younger than him or whatever the case may be. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing what he does. Uh, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Now, this guy, man, is just an outstanding player. You know, there, there's some folks that don't like him for whatever reason. I don't know why. You know, I recognize talent. You all know that I'm not a James Harden fan, per se. Can't stand the beard. The beard. I don't like the beard. However, I know talent when I see it. James Harden is one of the top Arguably, what, top five players in the game? Some may say top three. One of the best scorers of all time. Dude has talent, man. I'm not crazy. I just don't like the guy all that much. But there's a lot of, of folks that don't like Luka for whatever reason. But check it out. Dude's averaging 28.5 points a game. 8.7 rebounds, 9.4 assists. What are you going to say? For a Dallas squad, he passes the ball, man, like, I'm not going to say like Magic Johnson or anything like that. Some of his passes, you know, kind of remind me of Larry Bird a little bit, though. You know, he, he's very adept at passing that ball, you know, passing it from the, the, the top of the key or like a secondary break and passing that ball into the paint for one of his teammates. He, this dude's a very, very good player, man. You know, I don't know what it is as far as his talent goes where people don't like him, but, you know, he's right up there in the MVP conversation. Kawhi Leonard, the clip joint. LA Clip Joint. I'll be talking about the Clip Joint in 
segment number segment number three. Uh, he's averaging 26.7 points a game, almost six rebounds, five assists, shooting 51% from the field. Well, you know, again, what are you going to say about this guy, man? He has the meanest turnaround jump shot, man. I mean, this guy, he gets into the paint. He just turns and fires that shot. It's like a fadeaway, a fadeaway uh, turnaround shot where you can just forget about trying to block it. You know, them large hands of his, man. Nobody can handle this guy down low. And right now, he's carrying this Clippers team without Paul George. He's up there in the MVP uh, conversation. Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers, 29.6 points, you know, almost 30 points a game, 10 rebounds, uh, 54% from the field, 40% from three-piece land. Guy can shoot the three, man. You leave Joel Embiid open, he'll drain that three-point shot. You know, talks a little bit, you know, a little bit too much for my good, but, hey, this is the NBA, man. You know, guy has confidence. He talks a little trash. Yeah, yeah nothing wrong with that, I guess, but – uh, as I mentioned in one of my prior podcasts, as far as that team goes in Philadelphia, I don't think they're going to make too much noise in the playoffs because Ben Simmons just refuses to shoot the three-point shot. And when you get down to the nitty-gritty and those players are backing up off of him, he needs to shoot the ball. He refuses to do that. So I don't think Philadelphia will go anywhere. But I digress on that. I'm talking about Joel Embiid as an MVP, uh, MVP candidate, and he is definitely in the running. A couple more players. Uh, Steph Curry. Again, I don't know what people thought that what you know the demise of Steph Curry. You know, the guy had an injury to his hand. He didn't injure his legs or anything like that. I think it was his offhand, as a matter of fact. I think, but he's averaging twenty nine point nine points per game. Might as well say thirty points a game. Five point four rebounds. Five point nine assists. Forty nine percent from the field. Forty two from three piece land. Did you see the ridiculous shot he did a couple of games ago? where he was driving down the lane, got himself caught in the air. Looks like he was going to pass it out to the wing. The guy on the wing wasn't open, or, or Steph didn't like what he saw. So he just flipped it up behind his head, off the backboard, made the shot. The players on the other team were looking in amazement. His own players were looking in amazement. The guy is just an amazing player. What are you going to say? The team, Golden State, though, don't expect for them to do anything. Not sure if they're going to make the playoffs or not. So that may be a couple of strikes against Curry as far as the MVP balloting. But, you know, in any other year, you know, when Golden State was winning championships with these stats that he has, he would de he's definitely in the conversation. I just don't think he's going to win it. And lastly, the Joker, the Joker, the best center of the game. I mean, you got Joel Embiid, of course, but uh, the Joker does a few more things than what Embiid does. Uh, the Joker, 26.7 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 8.6 assists. That's kind of what separates him from Joel Embiid. The Joker can pass the ball. I mean, this guy, 56.7% from the field, 39% from three-piece land. So uh, he's going to be in the running as well for MVP. As far as who I think is going to win it, um, you know, I'm not trying to be a homer here or anything like that, but – LeBron James is just doing his thing, man. Uh, you know, like I say, he's almost averaging a triple-double pretty much. And I think he's going to win it. Kevin Durant is going to be right up there. I think it's going to be between Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And I think LeBron James will, will edge him out. But it's going to be, you know, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. It's interesting, man. You got all these players. 
you know, seven seven players on this list that I just named, and they're all going to be in the running. So we'll see what happens down the line. This is a very, very interesting NBA season. You know, of course, we got the COVID, you know, not very many people in the stands. I think uh, eventually within the next 30 days, they may start letting some folks in the stands and in some arenas, depending on what state you are, a certain percentage of people will be able to come to the games and, and watch. Um, so a lot of times it may look like a glorified scrimmage out there. They have the noise piped in and all that kind of stuff, but we know what's happening with that. It's kind of fake, like fake news, kind of fake news, you know, sound being pumped in there. But uh, still, it's still basketball, man. And those guys are out there competing, and they want to win championships, you know, COVID or no COVID. You know, they played through the bubble last year. Hopefully this year they won't have to be inside of a bubble when the playoffs start. And um, it's going to be very interesting. But, again, the MVP, I think LeBron James is sort of like the leading candidate with, uh, with Kevin Durant uh, sort of right behind him. Uh, as far as, the, you know, who's in, who's in third place, I tell you what, Kawhi Leonard, you know, especially without George, man, he's, he's, you know, he has to carry that squad. You know, he's going to be right up there. He's going to, I would think he would be in the top three and with uh, the Joker as an outside shot uh, as well. So it should be very interesting. We shall see, but we shall see. In my last segment, I want to talk about the clip joint and the topic du jour, the hot topic that's on Twitter, that's being written about in all of the publications, online publications, LA Times, just all over the place. Do the Clippers need a point guard? I will talk about that on my next segment. Now let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest. Like a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex. We in that sunshine state where the bomb ass him be. The state where you never find a dance floor empty and pimp speed. On a mission for them greens. Lean, mean, money making machines serving fiends. I've been in the game for 10 years. Start this segment, this last segment off with a little bit of California Love by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre, the wild, wild west, what we call the Western Conference, where you got teams like the Clip Joint, the Lakers, Utah, Portland, Denver. You have the upstart Phoenix Suns. You even have the San Antonio Spurs who are quietly playing well. This is the wild, wild west, folks, just like Tupac and Dr. Dre say. But as far as the Clippers go, uh, I have been getting roasted, and I do mean roasted, on social media by suggesting that the Clippers could use another point guard, uh, a facilitator, let's say. Someone can break down a defense a little better than, say, Patrick Beverly can, or, or Lou Kennard, or, or Lou Williams, or Terrence Mann, whoever else they got on that team, um, in my opinion. IMO, baby, in my opinion. I think they need a point guard, but I have been roasted. But that's okay. That's what fans are for. That's what sports talk is all about. Disagreements. But I want to reference this segment um, as far as the Clippers needing a point guard. There was an article written by uh, one of my colleagues at fansided.com. He's an individual contributor, uh, just like I am. Uh, his name is Dalton Sell. And you can follow him on Twitter at 
sell underscore Dalton. That's S E L L underscore D A L T O N. And a couple of weeks ago, he wrote an article um, saying similar things that what I'm saying that in his opinion, they need a point guard. And he listed five point guards um, who, who, who may not necessarily end up with the Clippers or someone that the Clippers should seriously consider uh, acquiring. And I'm going to go over uh, the five players that uh, that uh, Dalton uh, listed here and just just comment on on these players briefly here. Uh, he had number five, George Hill, OKC, of course, you know, a veteran. A veteran. George Hill's been around a while. You know, he's having an okay year with OKC, starting for them, averaging 11 points a game, a couple of rebounds, three assists. You know, again, he starts for OKC. His salary is um, not that bad. It's a friendly salary, $9.6 million this year. But what George Hill would bring is stability. George Hill can hit the outside shot if you leave him open. Um, he can facilitate. And if he's playing with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, uh, his assist total will pick up. Now, if the Clippers do get another point guard, you know, I'm not saying that he has to start uh, ahead of Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, and again, Clippers fans, as I've mentioned before, I have nothing against Patrick Beverly. Pat Bev is a bulldog. A bulldog. You know, he's kind of like the heart and soul of that team. He's a bulldog on defense, man. Nothing against this guy. I just don't think when the playoffs start and they get deep into the playoffs, that he's going to be the, the the guard that takes you over the top. Uh, I mentioned last year that when, when the Clippers blew that 3-1 lead against uh, the Denver Nuggets, uh, I thought if they had a better, better point guard play, uh, they may not have lost that series. Again, I got roasted on social media, which is fine, on Twitter and on Facebook, by the way. L.A., L.A., what you talking about, man? We don't need no. We don't need no point guard. We got Pat Bev. We got Pat Bev. Okay, that's fine. If you know you 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 keep him, and 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 we'll see what he does. You know, I, I I tell you what. You know, after after Patrick Beverly though, then then what do you have? And you guys know what I'm about to say here. Before I get to these other four players that that Dalton mentioned, you guys know what I'm getting ready to say. Okay, after Patrick Beverly. You know, what do you have going? Okay, Reggie Jackson, he plays well in spurts. You know, these last couple of games when Pat Bev came back, the uh, Clippers have won two straight games. They beat Minnesota 119-112. to Reggie Jackson scored 15 points in that game. Um, he's a little enigmatic. Uh, sometimes you're going to get a good Reggie Jackson. Sometimes you're not. Patrick Beverly, he only scored six points in that game. But you all know where I'm going. Okay, the $64 million man, and I get roasted on Twitter for this, too. I don't know why. Uh, well, some people are in my camp on this one. Luke Kennard, I mean, enough. Enough. $64 million bucks In that game against Minnesota, he played tw only 12 minutes, which tells me that the coaching staff is getting a little disenchanted with his production. Only 12 minutes, zero points. Goose egg. Goose egg. Terrence Mann played 20 minutes. In that game, he only scored four points. Terrence Mann is not a point guard, but they kind of use him in that capacity a little bit during that particular game. Lou Williams, thank God for him, man. He's starting to pick it up. You know, Lou Will, 10 out of 15, 27 points in that game against Minnesota coming off the bench. So, again, that's what the Clippers 
are, are, are throwing out there as their, as their point guards. And if management decides to keep that intact, okay, then they're going to they're gonna live or die with what they have. And, and, and that's fine. I'm not saying that the Clippers cannot win a championship with what they have, but I think they can improve that lineup. They can be a little bit more efficient at point guard. That last game against Chicago, a 125-106 victory over the Bulls, Pat Beverly, again, he's just coming back from that knee injury, so I'm not going to you know, jump on Pat Beverly too much. He, he does what he does. He's a defensive stalwart, man. He's only scored six points in that game. Reggie Jackson, he had 11 points in that game. And again, you guys know where I'm going. Luke Kennard, 18 minutes, three points. 18 minutes. Terrence Mann played 33 minutes, scored seven points. Lou Williams, eight out of 13. And again, thank God for Lou Williams. Lou Williams is not a point guard, of course. He's a shooting guard. You know, he's an assassin. Assassin from the outside, 17 points, 8 out of 13. So, you know, that's what you have, okay? That's what you have. So going back to this list, uh, I mentioned George here. Number four on Dalton's list was Lonzo Ball. Now, you know, many of you may think, you know, why would why would the Pelicans want to get rid of him? Well, they're kind of loaded at the guard spot. You know, they have Eric Bless over there, J.J. Redick. Um, Lonzo, he's averaging 11 points, you know, for his career, uh, 11 points, but 13.8 points this particular season, but his assist is down. Uh, 6.4 assists throughout his career, but 4.8 assists this year. And a lot of that has to do with playing time, that log jam that the Pelicans have at point guard. Again, you bring Alonzo Ball, or I'm sorry, Lonzo. I don't know why I call him Alonzo. Lonzo Ball. Zo. You bring him over to the clip joint, and you got Paul George, and you got Kawhi Leonard. Trust and believe his assists will increase. You know, he come back to the L.A. area and, you know, get another new start. And, you know, you may get better play out of Lonzo Ball if uh, the Clippers were to acquire someone of that ilk. Uh, number three on Dalton's list was Ricky Rubio. Now, here's a guy I remember when he first came into the league with all kind of fanfare, man. Ricky Rubio, you know, guy plays like Magic Johnson, man. Guy was never, ever a great shooter. He's only shooting 20% from three-piece land, only 35% overall uh, field goals this year. But he's 11.1 uh, points per game for his career, seven assists, 7.7 assists, almost eight assists for his career. You know, again, not the best shooter, but Ricky Rubio knows his limitations. He's a facilitator. That's what he does. And again, I keep mentioning, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, man, you get a Ricky Rubio on that team. And again, he doesn't have to start. Pat Beverly can still start, but he can be spelled by Ricky Rubio. Or you can have a three-guard rotation with him and uh, Reggie Jackson. Or you can start Rubio and have Pat Bev, the Bulldog, come off the bench. You know, and you can still fit in Reggie Jackson. Lou Will's going to get his. You know, if he start, if he keeps shooting the way he's shooting, Lou Will's, Lou Will's going to get his minutes. So you got Ricky Rubio on uh, Dalton's list right there. Number two, sorry, folks, this train has left the track. This is the one that I, the L.A. Ray, I get roasted, roasted, especially on Twitter. When I always said, man, Derrick Rose would look good in a Clipper uniform. Well, again, that train has left the track. It has left the station. However you want to put it, he has been traded to the New York Knicks, who uh, has visions of making the playoffs. Uh, at least they're kind of in the thick of it anyway in the East. But that's why the Knicks picked him up. They need some help at point guard. 
So uh, Derrick Rose, and, and from what I be reading on Twitter, hey, L.A., you know, Derrick Rose, man, he's not, you know, injury prone. He's not the Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose last couple of years hasn't had any major injuries. He played well with the Pistons last year, averaging 18 points a game, okay, with the lowly Detroit Pistons. This year he's averaging about uh, 14, 15 points a game. So he's played three games, you know, with Miami, scored 14 points in the first one in a 98-96 loss against Miami. Uh, that was his very first game. Uh, the next couple of games he played pretty well. Uh, 14 points on 7 of 11 field goals, 6 assists, 4 steals against, you know, the Washington Wizards. And in a third game, 16 points, 3 assists, and a 121-99 win against Houston. So, again, he's not the Derrick Rose of the MVP Chicago Bull days. That's not what we're saying, but the guy is still very effective. But, again, uh, the clip joint, clip joint fans, they say, no, we do not need a point guard. That's okay. That's okay. Doesn't look like the Clippers may pick one up. And we'll see what happens. Uh, this last one, very interesting. Number one on Dalton's list was Terry Rozier. Now, this is very interesting. You know, this guy is averaging 18.9 points a game. Might as well say 19 points a game, four rebounds, three assists. He's not necessarily a facilitator, but he will give you buckets. You know, his salary may be a little problematic, $36.8 million over the next two years. But, you know, if you have a nice uh, salary cap guy, in your organization, they find ways to fit players in. You know, again, he's more of a scorer. Um, and with the emergence of Mellow Ball as the face of the franchise, Mellow Ball, I mean, it, you know, that's another subject for another day. What can you say about this kid? Michael Jordan finally got it right. This dude is going to be a star. And, you know, once the fans come back, they're going to want him to start. He's going to be the face of the franchise. So I see Terry Rozier being traded eventually and you, you probably can get a nice package. But Terry Rozier is not a chump, man. 19 points a game? Yeah, a dude can play. So you're going to have a whole lot of suitors out there if, if Charlotte puts him on the market. There's going to be a lot of players after Rozier. So the Charlotte uh, Hornets, they can get a nice little return for him. You know, would he look good in the Clippers uniform? I think so. If anything else, man, he can fill it up. He can take some of that offensive load off of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You know, a guy like that can start, bring bring Pat Bev off the bench, man. And, uh, you know, Lou will come in and do his thing. And, you know, if any of these guys come on his team as far as, you know, hey, L.A., L.A. Ray, who's going to give up the minutes? Well, you know what I'm going to say. Luke Kennard, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. $64 million. The only reason why he's playing now is because he got that hefty contract. And somebody has to account for that. Somebody in the Clippers organization whoever made that decision to bring Luke Kennard in, we'll have to answer some questions. Guy is just not getting it done. It's just not getting it done, man. I'm sorry. I, You know, I, you guys have heard my podcast, my prior episodes. It seems like his name always comes up. And I say the same thing. So until he starts playing better, you know, I will keep roasting Luke Kennard. You know, I am unbiased when it comes to the Lakers and the Clippers. If you're not playing well, you will hear from me that you're not playing well, especially if you're making 64 stacks over a four-year period. So, but anyway, that was Dalton's take on that. I agree with him wholeheartedly that the Clippers do need a point guard uh, to solidify that lineup. Whether they get one or not, kind of remains to be seen. It would be very, very interesting. Very interesting to see.
So with that, L.A. sports fans and NBA fans in general, I'm going to leave it right there. I would like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network and my producers, Aisha, Jerome, and Dylan Kaiser, and all the help that they give me in putting on this podcast. And very, very special thanks to all of you L.A. fans out there or NBA fans in general for listening to my show. And until the next show, folks, make sure you mask up out there. Make sure you keep six feet social distancing out there. Make sure you're washing your hands regularly out there. Let's get rid of this COVID once and for all. Let's get rid of this thing. Let's get fans back in the seats in the NBA so we can watch these great games with fans in the stands where it's more and more exciting than what we're seeing now. But again, until next time, until my next episode, folks, peace.